As Paul said, we've started to look in a little bit more detail at the different areas of what we've brought for the focus for 2018. And this morning, one of the areas that we looked at was breathing new life. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. And I just want to really encourage you that this is something that you can take into every moment of every day that you do. This is something that you can take into every relationship that you have. This is something that you can take into every place that you go, whether it's through work or through family, or whether you're going out and enjoying yourself, you can take breathing new life into those places, into those relationships, into every place that you go. And all it comes down to is the choice that you make whether you want to. And this morning, I want to encourage you to make a choice. Make a choice. Am I going to breathe new life? Or am I just going to carry on as I am? Where sometimes I'll say some things that are helpful, sometimes I won't and just whatever. But this morning I want to encourage you to make that choice that what you speak into your relationships, what you speak into your workplace, into your family, into every place that you go, that you make a choice to breathe new life into other people and into the circumstances and places that you go. It comes down to choice. And we can say, well, I'm having a bad day. I'm having a bad week. I'm having a bad year. And you know, you may well be. You may be struggling with health. You may be struggling with circumstances at home. You may be struggling in your workplace. You may be struggling with mental health. You may be struggling with relationships with people and there's friction there and there's difficulty and they just wind you right up the wrong way. But you can still make a choice, regardless of those things, to breathe new life. It's not easy. I'm not saying it is. It's difficult. Sometimes you have to pull your foot out of your mouth and go again. But you can still make a choice that what you do and what you say breathes new life. Nehemiah 2, verse 18, says this. And this is what Paul read out on Vision Sunday. I told them how the hand of my God had been favourable to me and also about the king's words which he had spoken to me. And that's basically about Nehemiah going to the king and saying, I want to go back and rebuild Jerusalem. I want to go back and do a good thing in that place. And the king said, go for it and you can take all of my resources with you to do it. And this is what the people of Israel said to Nehemiah. Then they said, let us arise and build. So they put their hands to the good work. Let us arise and build. They were speaking new life. They were speaking of what they were going to do. But it wasn't just what they said. It says, so they put their hands to the good work. They actually did something physically to breathe new life. It's not always about what you say. It's sometimes about what you do that breathes new life into circumstances and situations. Where you say, I can help with that. Where you say, let me do this for you. Where you go and stand with someone and give them a hug in their circumstances. Can breathe new life into them in a way that you wouldn't expect. Where you say to your boss, I'll cover that overtime for you where you stand and you help someone where they're struggling and say let me work with you on that I know you find it hard let me help you to do that it's not just about what you say that breathes new life into relationships and circumstances it's about what you do and the choices you make with your life 
The dictionary definition of breathing new life is this. To provide something with new ideas and new energy so that it improves and is more likely to be successful again. Nehemiah went and breathed new life into those people. Those people caught hold of that new life and breathed the new life back into Nehemiah and into one another even further afield. And from that, they were able to rebuild the walls so that Jerusalem was likely to be successful again. You know, bringing excitement and energy into something does something. But sometimes, when you don't feel like you're full of new life, when you feel lethargic and tired and things have been tough and it's been a long slog at the moment and relationships are draining and things are going on and it's just one thing after another and you think, is there anything else? What you need is something or someone who can bring that energy and excitement into your life. We have a custom-built one in our house. Her name is Olivia. She wakes up in the morning and, whoa, she is awake and she is excited about her day. Good morning. Can we get up now? Can we go and do this now? I'm so excited. I've got to play my trumpet today. I'm going swimming today. I'm so excited. I'm like, I want to kill you. Shut up. But she comes with an injection of energy and excitement for the day and brings it into our household. I know where she gets it from. She gets it from her dad, but he's a night person, so I don't have to put up with him in the morning like I do with Olivia. I'm just like, I'm up, but just, just let me work myself out and work it together. But what you need is some energy and excitement. You need some energy and excitement into your day. You need some energy and excitement into the ministry where you're serving. You need some energy and excitement into your job, into your relationships, into your family. Into a new venture that you're excited about. You need that energy and excitement. And so often we don't have it and we become lethargic and we're fed up and life weighs down us and life can be hard and that's okay. But I believe this morning God wants to inject into you the Holy Spirit who can bring excitement, who can bring refreshing and who can give you new life and a new perspective into everything that you do. So think to yourself. What areas of your life do you need to breathe new life into? What areas of your life need energizing and need to become exciting again? When you think about things and you think, I've got to go there. Or, I've got to see that person. Or, I'm getting that Sunday night feeling, it's Monday tomorrow. Where do you need that new life breathing so that when you turn up, you can breathe new life into circumstances and into people that will help change and transform them as well? And when you can pinpoint it, and I suggest you do, write it down now. Where are the areas where you need to breathe new life in your life, in your circumstances? Because then this is what you do. God 
I pray that Holy Spirit, you will breathe an excitement in me like I've never known before. That you will energize me again for the journey ahead. That you will give me passion again like I've never known. That I will feel free in this area, no longer in chains and bound by it. That God will set you free. Breathe the Holy Spirit within you to give you a strength and an energy like you've never known so you can breathe new life so that things will flourish and grow again when they may have been stagnant and they may have been dry. God wants to help you to breathe new life and he wants to send people into your life who will breathe new life upon you so that you can breathe it in and then breathe it out upon others and upon your circumstances. Are you up for that this morning? So let's get to it. As I'm sure you're fully aware, breathing is a two-way process. You breathe in, you breathe out. Have I missed something? Am I to done? I'm not too good at biology, but am I right? The doctor's nodding at me. You breathe in, you breathe out. It's a two-way process. So you've got to ask yourself, if physically breathing is a two-way process, then surely anything else that you take in and breathe out is a two-way process. So where things come into you emotionally, where things come and into you mentally, where things come and affect you, it is a two-way process. And you need to choose whether you're just going to keep breathing in and in and in and in Oh, and you're going to make it a two-way process. Because when you begin to make it a two-way process, one, it's a lot healthier. Because if you just do one and not the other, you're going to be in trouble. Let's be honest. And I can't remember what two is, but breathe in and out. It's good for you. So the first thing is, is what are you breathing in? What are you breathing into your life? Are you breathing new life in? New life can come, it can come from friends, from family, from people who are mentoring you. It can come from what you're listening to. It can come from what you read. It can come from what you watch. It can come from social media. What are you breathing in? What are you allowing into your life? And is it breathing new life or is it not doing you any good? Who are you taking in from And what are you taking in from? What circumstances are speaking in and breathing into your life? Are they healthy circumstances? Are they healthy relationships? Or are they toxic? Because if they are, you need to consider what you're allowing to breathe into you. And what you're allowing to come in. When we look at breathing in in the natural, it can either cause health for us or it can cause damage to our bodies. So there are certain things that if you breathe too much of it in, it is going to damage your lungs and damage your body. My grandpa worked at Wright's Pies all his life, and he was breathing in flour constantly, all the time. And in the end, he paid for it with his health because it affected his lungs and caused a lung disease for him. So initially, he would probably think, This is just where I work. It's right pies. There's going to be flour. They make cakes. They make pies. It's integral 
to making those things that they need to. But the more and 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 the more of it that he breathed in, the more and the more and the more it damaged him. So consider, is that relationship really healthy in the long term? It may be okay now, but in the long term, is that really healthy for me? Is this circumstance really healthy or is it going to prove toxic to me in the long term? Consider what you're breathing in. And if it affects us, like I've said, in the natural, then surely spiritually and emotionally, what we breathe in can either cause health to us or can cause damage to us. And I think so often we just, we just meander our way through life and relationships and things that are going on, but we don't actually stop and consider, is this doing me any good? What I'm breathing in from these people, what I'm breathing in from this circumstance I find myself in, what I'm breathing in from social media, what I'm breathing in from this TV show I like to watch, what I'm breathing in from this or that or the other, is it actually doing me any good? Is it actually emotionally and spiritually healthy for me in the long term? Because if we don't ask those questions, when we find ourselves down the line in an emotional mess and spiritually dry, then we've got no one else to blame but ourselves. You need to protect yourself. You need to guard your heart. You need to be aware of these things that can affect you and be detrimental to you in the long term. But you also need to be aware that some things are good for you. That some things that come in will be like fresh air to you and will do you good. Be careful who and what you breathe in. But breathe in peace. Breathe in joy. Breathe in strength and happiness. I always remember as a child we'd go out driving in the countryside and um, my wonderful dad would say, Oh, he'd open the windows, breathe in that fresh air. That was no fresh air. That was manure on the fields. And it was smelling somewhat rotten. But I know, and I'm sure you know, that manure is good for the ground. And it does it good, and they throw it on there. It may stink, but it actually helps with plant growth. It helps to put vitamins and stuff in the soil that it doesn't get otherwise. So sometimes you may spend time with someone, and they might make your nose turn up. You may be in a situation that you think, this situation stinks. Like I'm going to vomit. Like, shut the window and put the thing on in the car where you just recycle your own air. We may be stinking in here, but it's stinking more out there. Let's just recycle our own stench. I never quite get why they put that thing in the car. But anyway, they do. But sometimes you may find yourself with people or in a circumstance and you think, this just stinks. But actually, it's good for you. So be discerning. Don't just think, oh, this makes me feel good, so it must be good. Be discerning. Ask the Holy Spirit. There he is again. You need him as you see in your partner. You need him to guide you in the day-to-day. Ask him to help you to have wisdom in your relationships, in your circumstances, whether they're tough or easy, that they would be good for you and breathing new life for you. 
sometimes new life comes in a way where it has to do battle with the old. And that's why sometimes it does feel difficult. It does feel uncomfortable. It does feel like I don't want this. But actually, it's battling and fighting out the old that's there that's not healthy for you. Have discernment. Ask God. Ask the Holy Spirit. Give me discernment. Give me wisdom to know what is doing me good and what isn't. And actually be willing to listen. Because so often people can say to us, you know, that's not doing you any good. Or maybe you should do this. Or I know it's hard at the minute, but stick in it. I believe God's doing stuff in you. But sometimes we just want to do our own thing. And we just want to listen to ourselves. I like to listen to myself. I'm generally always right. <laughs> Apart from when Paul sits me down and tells me off. And, and then I don't like that very much because I like to be right. But you've got to listen to those people who you trust, who you believe as they speak through to you. It brings something new and builds new life and something fresh in you. And you've got to act upon it, otherwise it's pointless. You've got to act upon those things you've written down already to say, to say, these are the areas I want new life. Because unless you act upon it, unless you listen to the Holy Spirit's guidance, unless you listen to those around you who you trust and believe in, then it's just pointless. And you just stay where you are, in the place where you're at, with no new life coming into you. What are you breathing in? Proverbs 4.23 says this. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Watch over your heart. Watch over it. Watch over what's going into it. Because when you watch over what's coming in, then it helps with what overflows from you. What you breathe in also affects what you breathe out. And that takes us on to the second point this morning. What are you breathing out? You've got to breathe new life out as well. It's not just about what you take in. And sometimes we can be at a place where we're just like, I just need more, just fill me up, just fill me up, just fill me up. And you just keep going and you just keep going. But if you're not breathing out as well, you're going to do some serious popping because where else is it going to go? You're just going to be full of hot air. Don't you just love those people? Who are just full of hot air. And full of what they think and what they believe themselves. You've got to breathe it out as well. You've got to breathe out goodness and kindness and gentleness. You've got to breathe into other people and encourage them. And you may think, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't, I, I, I don't really know what the Bible says. And, and I, don't, I, I wouldn't be able to tell someone and try and help them in this circumstance. I haven't got a clue. Have you seen the state of my own life? I wouldn't like dare try and help anyone else. <laughs> but you know what? We all know how to be kind. We all know how to say, well, you look nice today. We all know how to say, have you had a nice week? We can all do that. We don't need to be some special, super spiritual person to be able to breathe out new life onto someone and say, well, I'll pray for you this week. You may go home and think, I'm not very good at praying. I don't really know what to say. And so every day you just go, oh God, just help that person because I don't know what else to say. 
but at least you're doing it. It's breathing new life. You're speaking something different for that person, for their circumstances. Don't think you've got to get to a place before you can breathe new life and be kind and show goodness and kindness to people. You can do it right now. Sometimes, though, when we breathe in the future and our hopes, we breathe in encouragement, we've got to breathe out the past. We've got to get rid of the old. We've got to get rid of the stagnant that's been within us. We've got to get rid of the fear and the guilt. We've got to breathe out the shame and say no more of this. And as you allow God to breathe into you and bring refreshing and bring hope and bring encouragement then in the same way, you've got to breathe out the things that say the opposite, the things that say you're no good, the things that say you can't, the things that say you should be ashamed of yourself, the things that say you'll never accomplish anything. You've got to breathe those things out of you and breathe in something different. But then again, you've got to think, what am I breathing over others? Luke 6, 45 says this. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What's your heart full of? What is your heart full of? It's a tough question. I think my heart's a bit schizophrenic sometimes. Can't quite make its mind up. It's having a good day some days, and then another day it's just like, we're just not going to be very nice to anybody. I'm going to shout at everybody. I'm like, where have you come from? You just put that in there today. As my dad again would say, have you got up on the wrong side of the bed? And I used to be like, dad, my bed's against the wall. There's only one side to it. Always got to have the last word. (laughs) Always. You've got to ask yourself, what's in the depths of your heart? Because sometimes some things are hiding right down deep inside there. Right down deep inside, right behind the corner. (laughs) Hiding behind the corner so you can't see. But it's there. And if it's there, again, you've got to go back to it. You've got to go back and say, God, help me deal with this anger. Help me deal with this bitterness. Help me deal with this frustration. Help me deal with this sadness that's within me. And allow the Holy Spirit to come and breathe new life within you. So that what you breathe out comes from what's been breathed into you. And doesn't get polluted with the mess of your past because you've allowed that to go elsewhere. It's so hard sometimes to let go of it. But this morning I believe God's calling you to breathe it all out. And allow him to breathe something new and fresh within you. So what comes out of you that you breathe over other people is love and is joy and is peace and is patience and is kindness and is gentleness and is self-control. Come Holy Spirit and change who we are. I used to work in a primary school with children with special needs and... I had one young girl who I used to work with and I'd do one-to-one sessions with them on anger management and um, emotional literacy and and working on like the social skills, different things like that. 
just shows why I'm just wonderful at all those things myself. <laughs> you wonder why people give you jobs sometimes, don't you? But if you're in one of them, keep going. Let God help you. But I had this one girl, and I'd, it had been lunchtime. I'd sat and had my lunch. I went and fetched her from class, and we went and found our little, our little place where we were going to do our one-to-one session. And um, she said, you've had a banana for lunch. That was how she taught. I said, I have. I don't like bananas. I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't have one again. I didn't. Not on the day I had here after lunch. She was quite freakishly strong. So we left the bananas at home. But sometimes what you breathe out, I don't mind a banana myself. But other people might not like it. You might think it's all right. You might think banana breath is just unkidory and grand. Shows you've had some fruit five a day, you know. Everyone else can know five a day. I've had one of me five a day. <sighs> Smell. <laughs> And you're thinking, woohoo, check me out, five a day. And everyone else is thinking, I ate bananas, they make me want to gag. Sometimes you've got to think that what you're breathing over people, they might not like it, it might not be good for them, it might not be helpful for them. When you speak about other people or you tell them about something, is it actually helpful in a pleasant aroma for them? It might not be. Stop and think and consider where they're at, what they're going through, what their circumstances hold, and if what you're saying to them in that season is helpful for them. There may be nothing wrong with it. Banana breath, there's nothing wrong with it. But for them in that season that they're in, it's horrid and it stinks because they're struggling with their sorrow. They're struggling with their fear. They're struggling with a breakdown of a relationship. They're struggling with a bereavement. So when you breathe that over them, it stinks. Have some grace to consider whether what you are breathing, though there may be nothing wrong with it, is actually... A pleasant aroma to those in their circumstances and what they are doing and what they are going through. Because that is how we build community among one another. When we prefer one another above ourselves and look to encourage and help them in all that they go through. I love this quote by Benjamin Franklin. It says this, Remember not only to say the right thing in the right place, but far more difficult still to leave unsaid the wrong thing at the tempting moment. It's so tempting sometimes. Someone lays themselves bare and you think, oh, I could just get them now. I can get them for that thing they did five months ago. I could just tell them now about that. I could just tell them about when they do that thing and it really annoys me and they upset that other person the other week. It's so tempting sometimes to say what you think. But actually, is it wholesome? Is it helpful? And is it kind? Because if it isn't, then you're not breathing new life. Might make you feel better. I feel better now, I've told them about that. But they feel ten times worse and probably will do for the next five months. Instead, take all your cares to God. And lay them at his feet and ask him to take away your hurt and your pain. And ask him to help you to forgive and live amicably with one another.
The third thing in this area I want to say to you is this. And this is something Paul will often say to me. Are you putting water or gasoline on things? Who said it? Someone said it. It wasn't Paul. It's someone else. But anyway, it's good. Are you putting water or gasoline on things? Not only with your words, but with your actions as well. It's John Maxwell. Are you putting water on things? Are you throwing water onto someone's fire and saying, it's okay, let me help. Let me encourage you. Let me bless you. Let me love you in your circumstance. Or are you just digging in deep and saying, let's just make them go up even more. Up they go. Whoa, see if we can get them going even more. Up they go. Because you encourage them. And you encourage them in the wrong way. You encourage them in the mess. And you encourage them in the difficulty. And you encourage them in everything that's going on. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Instead of saying, well, let's just calm that down. Let me just encourage you. Let me just love you. Let me just bless you. Just let me, let me just help you. Let me help you consider things a different way. Let's just look at changing the perspective on things. Instead of just going, how much bigger and how much worse can I make you feel? What are you pouring into other people's lives? Water or gasoline? And if you've only got gasoline on tap, you need to go to the Holy Spirit. And ask him to pour some water into you so that you've got some to pour into other people. You know, and sometimes we're there and we think, I know best, I know what to do, I can sort it all out. But actually, we don't actually help people. Actually, we make things worse for people. When people say, oh, you know, I think I know best in this situation. I know best in this circumstance. I know best what to do. I know, I know, I know, I know. Instead of like Paul's been saying the last two weeks, are you there and saying, I'm here to help. I'm here to help. Are you here to help? Or are you here to say, well, I told you so. I, I told you that was going to happen. I said if you carried on going that way that you're going, that that would happen. I told you if you didn't read your Bible, if you carried on with that relationship, if you kept doing that thing, if you didn't get yourself out of that workplace, I told you so. That's just throwing gasoline onto someone else's difficulty. Instead of saying, okay, all that's gone on. Maybe you didn't listen to some good advice that you got. That's okay. But right now, I'm here to help. I'm here to help you in your grief. I'm here to help you in your difficulty. I'm here to help you in your circumstances. Which one are you going to be? Are you going to be that person who says, told you so? Or are you going to be that person who says, hi, I'm here to help. I'm here to help. Let me help you and breathe new life into you, into the circumstances that you find yourself in. And that is how we build community. And the third thing I want to say to you this morning is this. You know, sometimes in life, we can breathe new life, we can encourage people, we can have been the best of people at doing good and helping. But things happen and circumstances change and things can be difficult. But what I want to ask you is this, are you willing and ready to go again? Because sometimes it can be hard to breathe new life again into circumstances. It can be hard to breathe new life again into relationships. It can be hard to breathe new life again into our own personal lives 
when we find ourselves in dry and barren and desperate places, when we find ourselves so far away from where we believe God wanted us, where we find ourselves completely backslidden, completely fallen away through the sins and the choices that we've made. But are you willing and ready to go again and to start breathing in and out again and breathing in and out that new life? Into you and out to others. Into you and out to others. Are you willing and ready to go again? It's not easy. It's not. But if you're willing and ready to go again, then God can do amazing things. Let me read you that dictionary definition again. To provide something with new ideas or a new energy so that it improves and is more likely to be successful again if at first you don't succeed try try again how annoying is that how annoying is that my mum and dad like the the phrase king and queen I think that's all they did as we were growing up it was like how many little phrases can we give you and I can't get them out of my mind because they still stick with me now and the most annoying thing about them all is is they're actually true birds of a feather flock together that's true if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. That's true. Winding your window saying down, smell that air and it'll do you good, fresh country air. There was many more. I won't traumatise you with them. But if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Breathe new life in again. If that circumstance has not been dealt with, don't just say, I'll give up then. Try, try again to deal with it. Try again for breakthrough. Try again with your relationship. Try again with that circumstance. Try, try again. Sometimes things need cutting off and that's the end of it. Don't hear me wrong. But otherwise, try, try, try again. And what stops us? Fear of failure. Sometimes it's easier not to try and then we can't say we failed. Tiredness. Oh, I'm just so tired. Oh, I'm just so tired. I just can't be bothered. I'm struggling to get up. I'm struggling to just get up and do my daily life. So why on earth do I want to try and breathe new life into anyone else? Try again. Get some vitamin D tablets to do me the world of good. Woohoo! Try again. Do something. Have an energy drink. Plug yourself into the socket. The socket's called the Holy Spirit and he will give you energy and you can go again. I've been really tired all week. I'll be really tired all next week as well because I'm wearing myself out now. But try and try again and ask God to help you and fill you and encourage you and keep you going. Apathy. Oh, can't be bothered. Can't be bothered. Last night, I love you at a party. Paul went to the football. Me and Grace went to the shop, and I was like, I'm going to buy some ready meals. <laughs> Paul came in from the football. I'm like, I'm really sorry, but your ready meal. <laughs> Not that it's like a big problem or anything, but I don't normally buy them for like ages ever. We just buy them a lot. <laughs> yeah. I just can't be bothered. I couldn't be bothered. I could not be bothered. How often can we not be bothered? Oh, I can't be bothered to turn up. I can't be bothered to go to my small group. I can't be bothered to go to prayer. I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered to turn up for men's prayer. I can't be bothered to come on a Sunday. I'll just go and feel like. I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. 
It stops us from breathing new life again. It stops you from getting new life, but it also stops the amazing thing that God has put within you, breathing out over other people, because they're missing out on you too. Past hurt can stop us. Negativity can stop us. Settling where we are can stop us when God's got so much more. Genesis 26, 16 to 22 says this. And this is talking about Isaac after Abraham has passed away. And it says, Then Abimelech said to Isaac, Move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gira, where he settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. So these are extra wells. These are extra wells to those ones that Abraham dug. Isaac reopened his, father well, his father's wells, but then they went on and found something new and something fresh. But the herders of Gera quarreled with those of Isaac and said, the water is ours. So he named the well Essek, because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also. So he named it Shitnar. Sorry, that was not the right word, not what it was called at all. Sitnar. I do apologize. Please, I do apologize if I've offended you in any way, shape or form. Grace, I did not say that. Mummy did not say that word. He moved on from there and dug another well. I'm sweating now. And no, turn the lights off. And no one quarreled over it. This is a really good point as well. And no one quarreled over it. He named it whatever, saying, Now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we've got to wake up from the insanity of doing the same thing over and over and over again. Sometimes we've got to do something new and do something fresh. Sometimes we've got to go again and we've got to dig again and we've got to believe again and we've got to go and find something fresh somewhere and ask God to help us and revitalize us in that process. They dug the wells so there was water. Water brings life. Water brings refreshing. Water brings everything. Without it, there is no life. You've got to consider where you get your source from. And then you've got to dig, and you've got to dig, and you've got to dig for it. And when those come who will quarrel with you and cause difficulties for you and try and prevent you from getting to that new life, then you've got to find sometimes somewhere new and fresh to dig. You've got to dig in new and fresh relationships. You've got to dig in new and fresh circumstances. You've got to dig in new places to allow that new life to come up into you. Keep trying. Isaac's servants dug in one place and they quarreled with the locals. So they dug in another place and they quarreled again. It was only when they hit that third place that there was no quarreling. He, they kept trying until they found a place where they could get new life from. They kept digging. 
They went and dug somewhere new. Maybe those wells where you've always found God and where things have always breathed into you aren't there anymore. Read the Bible. Get into times of prayer. Ask God to show you where the new well is for new life to come for you in your circumstances. Keep believing. Keep hoping that that new life will come. Go again. Dig again. Release the water. Release the life that is there. Not cautiously, not reluctantly, not uncertainly. But they went and dug. They were like, we need some wells. We need some water. They knew they did, otherwise they'd die and all the crops would die and all their animals would die. Do we not understand that if we don't have new life and refreshing coming into us, that we are going to spiritually die and dry up? So you've got to dig your well. And if you have places where there's quarreling and where it's difficult, if you have places where new life is definitely not coming from that relationship, you've got to find a place where you can dig and dig and dig again until new life comes that will bring refreshing and life for you. And the amazing thing is that in that last verse, if we can put it up again, the second screen, Baz, he says this, Now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. When you keep digging, when you decide, I'm just going to go again. I've been hurt. Things have been difficult. I've been hurt by people. I've been hurt by church. I've been hurt by my past. I've been hurt by circumstances. But when you decide, I'm going to go again. I'm going to dig again. I'm going to believe again. Then this is what comes. Unity comes. Because there was no quarrelling in that place. Refreshing comes. Flourishing comes. And space comes. Isaac says, for the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. God wants to give you room where you can grow and expand. He wants to give you room so that you can do and see dreams come to pass. He wants to give you room within your area of ministry. He wants to give you room to grow for amazing things to happen, for you to flourish, for you to be able to breathe new life onto others through what he's done for you. Psalm 18 verse 19 says this, he brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. God delights in you. God wants to breathe new life into you and wants to encourage you to breathe new life into others. But God wants to bring you to a spacious place where the weight of the world doesn't press down in on you, where you don't feel like you're crushed by your difficulties, where you don't feel like you're hemmed in by relationships, where you don't feel like your back's being broken by the burdens that you carry. But God wants to bring you to a spacious place where there is room for you, where you can breathe new life, you can encourage others, and you can be encouraged and grow yourself. Keep going, keep digging, keep believing. Make a choice to be willing and ready to go again. Because when you do, 
unity comes, refreshing comes, flourishing comes, and space comes. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are a God who breathes new life over us. I thank you that you never leave us or forsake us where we are, but you want to come and breathe something new and fresh into our circumstances, something new and fresh into our relationships. God, and that you want to help and encourage us that we breathe new life over others, that we breathe out our past and our mess, but over others, we breathe out new life. God, I pray that you would help us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be our senior partner. God, I pray that you would encourage us. And I pray that we would have the boldness and the courage to go and dig again, to believe again, to breathe new life again, to speak out those dreams and visions again that we've long hid away, that we would breathe those out again and that in that we would find a spacious place where there's unity and flourishing and refreshing. God, this morning we speak you refreshing over lives. God, that this week they may go and refresh others. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. And I thank you for the example that Jesus Jesus set in his life and in his death and in his resurrection. God, and I pray that we would learn in circumstances of life, death and resurrection, regardless of where we are in that process, with our relationships, with our circumstances, that we would learn to breathe new life. God, I pray that you would set us ablaze again. That you would set us ablaze again. That you would stir us up. That we would go again and dig again and believe again. In Jesus' name, amen.